Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? Kevin Garnett helped me move once. Santa Cruz, you gotta be a cool guy if you're from Santa Cruz, right? Like, no one ever goes, oh, this douchebag from Santa Cruz cut me off. Kevin, I mean, he really drives the ship in an amazing way on the show. And, you know, he is one of the guys that just brings not only, like, just funny, funny jokes, but a huge intelligence, and he just gets stuff done. Funny is good, and Kevin's funny, but bright, right. even even better, and the guy's just super high IQ. Exactly. Someone comes onto the school and... And you've got Kevin. Now, I'm sure Kevin's shit hot at Call of Duty, but it might not fucking cut it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, go listen to The Life of Riley. His last episode is gold. Oh, good. Hmm. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 9 of the Life of Riley podcast. I'm your host Kevin and you're in for a bit of a treat tonight because Alice Dobby is back. She's back everybody. Episode 1, most downloaded episode ever. She's back, and this conversation is super fun. And that's one of the points I want to make. That's one of the reasons I want to do this introduction, is that this is a conversation. It's not an interview. It's not anybody trying to pull political things out of each other, or arguments, or debates, or anything like that. It's just a conversation between friends. And so it may seem crazy that we bounce from topic to topic from one second to another but that's how conversations go and i really love it listening back to it i'll be honest there was a couple of points where i was like oh shit i sound like an asshole there i wish i could have said some more or whatever but that's the deal with a conversation that's why open honest conversation is so important and necessary and should be a fucking requirement in your life (laughs) you know what i'm saying so before i before i jump into the episode i want to give a shout out to uh the bearded one the bearded one Was he the gray beard or the white beard or the black beard or the red beard? Nobody's really sure. But Hamish Redding... Hamish Reddington saved the fucking audio on this episode. That's the Hamish... uh, You might know him as Luke's sidekick from uh, the Press X to Jump podcast. You also may know him as the guy who likes to parody the It's Probably Fine chatty boys. Um, But yeah, Hamish Reddington totally saved the audio uh, on this episode. I was still going to post it, but it would have sounded way shittier than it does now. Uh, So many thanks, Brother Hamish. Uh, I owe you one. So what do you say? Let's get to it. Alice Dobby version 2. Yeah, 
This is Alice Dobby. True shit. Let's do this. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. You hear us okay? Yeah, I hear you good. Do you, go, you hear me fine? I hear you perfectly, yep. Oh, good. Well, no one's used it since last time we Skyped, so <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was all just fine. <laughs> yeah, I had a little trouble getting set up, of course. Usually yeah. I've got all kinds of time to get ready and whatnot, and this time it was like, oh, yeah, ah! I got to get all this. And then, you know, couldn't find the right cord for the headphones. The keyboard on my computer didn't want to work. <laughs> it's always something. Hang on a minute. Kate, sure. what's the matter? No, you need to talk up. I can't hear you. No, he can't see you, darling, because we're not on video. We're just talking like the telephone. You can just see a picture of him, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, my daughter's curious about the whole thing. No worries. <laughs> say hi. Do you want to say hello, Missy? No, she doesn't want to okay. say hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's hiding now. Curious and shy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, we usually run video when when we Skype with Luke and Hamish. Um, oh, yep. Because it's we don't have to worry as much about the quality of the audio on the Skype call itself because we both record on our on our end. Yeah. Separately, yeah. and then I can just send my file. To Hamish and he syncs them up and sends it back to me. It's really sweet. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I got it. Uh, got all the technological ability, eh? Yes, exactly. Plus, he's an audio engineer for a living, so okay, he's yeah. you know he's got all the bells and whistles going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, he actually yeah. just told me today that if Trump gets elected, he's going to start a GoFundMe campaign to get me out of the U.S. You're just going to have to get your own ass out of here. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> There's no way that man can be elected. That's I just, know. Oh. I know. Caitlin, I can't talk to you and Kevin at the same time. If you want to talk to me, hurry up, and uh, and then you've got to go. Carry on for Yes, okay. <laughs> so I've just agreed to her going through my jewelry box to get some peace and quiet. <laughs> ah, yes, you gotta. That's like my daughter was quite the negotiator when she was little. Oh my god! Like, well, what if I do this? Yeah. Is that a deal? She said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, it's a deal. <laughs> Will it keep you out of my hair for ten minutes? Okay, you got it. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, very good. What's been happening over in your part of the world, apart from some crazy bloody monkey trying to get elected for president? It seems like that's practically the only thing going on anymore. It's the only thing anybody wants to talk about anyway. Yeah. I heard we were at a grocery store yesterday, and I don't think Wendy heard this, but I overheard two of the guys that work at the grocery store at Trader Joe's talking about... Trump and, you know, you know, like, oh, he's not going to get elected. And if he does, he'll just get impeached or somebody will take him out or, you know, it's just like all this. Other no, because no one can believe that it's actually real. Like right. he's actually there and there's a chance that he could get elected. Right. It's just no one believes that. 
I don't think he can believe it, to be honest with you. I think it was a publicity stunt because he wants to start a new TV network or something. And next thing you know, all the crazy shit he said actually got traction with all of these fucking idiots. And now yes. he's actually on I the fucking probably, I think he probably does believe it because he believes all his own bullshit. Well, yeah, he does have, you know, <laughs> narcissistic, narcissist delusions for sure. Huge. But I have, to, I have to wonder sometimes, though, you know, like behind closed doors. <laughs> you Did know, you I, not read that article about uh, the article that his biographer wrote? Yes. Regarding behind closed doors. Yes, I did read that. So I I just think that that's him. He just one fucking hell of a nutter that needs shooting. <laughs> he just got given too much power. Yeah, you're not kidding. You know, like, and it's not like he, you know, from what I understand, he was born into the money as well, you know. Oh, exactly, yeah. His dad gave him a million dollars to start his business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean... Which he says is a small loan. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, my dad gave me a small loan to get started. (laughs) Yeah, 100 bucks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Nah, it's just not, it's not good for the world if that man gets into power. No, it's pretty scary. I mean, hearing him try and talk about foreign policy and... And that kind of shit is absolutely mind-numbingly scary. It, you know, someone, it, yeah. Someone put up on Facebook by the day. It was a quote from Roosevelt or someone like that. You know, like an old president. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying, you know, like <clears throat> about the uh, the immigration policy, and Trump had used it. And it, he, you know, his immigration policy was America was for Americans and. Um, you know, it was just so ancient and racist and right. horrible. And I was like, how can anyone even think that this is okay in today, this day and age? He's talking, this man, I mean, he may have been a great president. I can't remember which one it was at the time. But he is talking as a foreigner in that country, actually. Yeah. You know, everyone seems to forget that actually there were people there before you white fellas landed. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are all foreigners. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know? I actually, uh, several years ago when I was still working construction, I took a bunch of college courses to get certificates in construction management and things like that to try and, you know, increase my salary. And I had to take an English composition class and... You know, a lot of everybody in the class were all construction workers. There was guys that worked, you know, for steel fabrication companies. There was carpenters like me. There was, uh, you know, mechanical contractors, all these, you know, people that worked for engineering firms. And um, I don't remember how it happened, but one night in class, the topic of immigration came up and... I was utterly shocked to hear these guys' opinions. Um, Mm. This was back in Delaware. And I was like, I'm looking around and I'm going, okay, I know your last name is German. I know your last name is Irish. I know, you know what I mean? And at the end of the course, we had to write uh, a research paper. 
And so I wrote mine on the history of immigration in the, in the United States yeah. and how it basically it's always been since this country was founded. There's one group that's the scapegoat at any given time. Mm. And then once that group assimilates, we just switch to the next group. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, the group I think I've just... talked to you about um, when I did an English class in at Cabrillo College, actually. Okay. And um, there was, you know, it was actually like a short stories writing sort of class. Um, okay. And there, were, we, I don't know what it, what the project was exactly, but we watched this video back then when videos existed yeah um, video cassette on, yeah on um, it was it was on racism and what it was was a social experiment as such like well before this sort of reality TV and that and there were two like there were two or maybe there was only one of each, like one um, African-American, one um, Japanese-American, one Mexican-American, one, you know, um, uh, you know, and I think there were a couple of white guys, but there was a group of maybe 10, but predominantly minorities mm -hmm. that made this group up, like in that the white guys, the white Americans um, were the minority, not the majority. Right. And there was one one of the white Americans who was sort of real, you know, culturally sensitive and, you know, thought, you know, that, that the way um, the minorities were treated was wrong and all the rest of that. Mm -hmm. So he quickly assimilated into the minority, which was the majority, into the minorities group. Mm -hmm. But one of the white guys was a redneck. He was a out-and-out out redneck, you know, and he made his statement really clear and that, you know, that's what he believed and that, you know, people of colour were of inferiority and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know, and even though I didn't agree with his opinion, it was his opinion and what happened over the course of this experiment, which was, I think, a week or two weeks that these people spent together, his opinion changed. Now, what that showed me is that no matter who the majority is, are, they will either the minority will assimilate or be pushed out. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it just happens that the minority in this experiment, what was what we would consider wrong, but still what we what that group did was they changed his opinion until he agreed with them. Yeah, you know, and who's really to be? Who's really the one to say that well, that's the right thing to do? You know, mm -hmm. it's it just was. I it really opened my eyes to how you know, like I, I don't think anyone should be treated differently for any particular reason. But how easy it is for us to forget that whoever is a majority will will rule that basically. You know. Yeah, they and can impose their will to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I was mm -hmm. really, I mean, it was interesting. It was really interesting to watch and to sort of look at it from maybe a bit of a slightly different point of view. Whereas everyone else in the class was all like, oh, yeah, it's so good he changed his opinion. That's great. You know? <laughs> I was sort of like, 
really? Like, did you guys just watch that or what? But and and the message from that video was it was so great that he'd changed his opinion. Of course, yeah. Because he had become more culturally sensitive and all the rest of it. But what they didn't actually recognise was what had just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they had literally just moulded the minority to fit in with the majority of that group. Yeah. You know? And it's which is what you know, which is what we try to do in society, but it's um yeah. But is that right? You know, and it that's yeah. really interesting because as you were telling the story, I was like, I think Alice was probably the only person in her class that saw it this way. And then you said that everybody thought it was so great, you know? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Because you do have to, you know, and that's what, that's one thing, that's one thing that's great about taking classes like that and, and, and holding studies like that is, well, if you're, you know, a critical thinker and sort of intellectually curious to be able to look at things from a perspective that isn't yours, right? And, and realize that the very thing, and I know this is what you're, you're saying, I'm just using different words, the very thing that they're applauding in that video and in that study is the very thing that those same people would be criticizing the moment they walked out of that classroom and back into American society. You know, don't force, don't like, force immigrants to assimilate. Don't force them to learn yeah. the language, you know, all of the, so it's so funny that because of the, parameters of the study and the way that it was presented, they had a completely different outlook and didn't even realize it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, my a classic example of what would be the complete opposite of that, yet the same outcome would happen, is this, as if the majority of that group were rednecks and they converted a culturally sensitive guy into being a redneck. Yeah. That's literally what happened. Absolutely. You know? But if it if it had happened that way round, we would have gone. Oh, that's terrible! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, essentially, you're doing the same thing. You know, remove 100%. the beliefs, remove the beliefs of of what each group are, whether their beliefs are right or wrong. What you're doing is you're actually forcing the minority to join the majority. You, you know, it's real. It was real interesting. Like I don't know. Like you know, it was just a, I saw it from a different point of view, really. It, and yeah. I, I understood the message they were trying to get across, but I also saw that, that in actual fact, in trying to do that, they've sort of highlighted something else, you know? Yeah, you know, it would be really interesting to get a, a group of college kids together now and have them watch that same video and and yeah. see if their I mean, response was any hard. different. I mean, I do find the subject of immigration really difficult because, you know, like, it, it is hard for lots of countries to sustain their own population. And by adding to that population, you know, you do, like, you do run the risk of, of pushing the population that's currently living there further um further out, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. maybe there's not as many jobs or there's, you know, and, and it's hard because what comes first, the, you know, the horse or the 
what was it? The horse or the cart or the hen or the chicken? That chicken or the egg. Or the chicken, yeah, chicken <laughs> or the egg. That's the one. Get my sayings right. Um, you know, like when you bring more people in, does that create more jobs or do you need to create the jobs before you bring the people in? Mm-hmm. You know, and New Zealand is very sensitive to immigration because we're an island nation, because we're small and, you know, we do have lo- lots of areas of very um, – high unemployment as well mm-hmm. um, you know we're going through a housing crisis at the moment so there's not enough houses for people there's people you know work, working full time and living in their cars yeah. you know stuff like that so do we just bring in more people you know like yeah. is that the answer and it's not it's not um, that's not a more do we bring in more Asians or do we bring in more Middle Easterns or anything? It's just more people in general. Can mm-hmm. we afford to sustain more people in this country? And you know, so there is that. But I mean, then you look at all those refugees that are, you know, what do you do? Do you turn a blind eye to people that are in that much suffering? You right. know, absolutely. Just, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a simple answer, and I, I don't. My view is very. Um, divided on it, you know, because I can see both sides of the argument, and I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's fair to be black and white on it, you know. I don't think it's a black and white issue, and mm-hmm. and you know, particularly I think in America, where you know, like half of those states were bloody Mexican owned anyway, exactly. You know? So, like, is it fair to say they can't live in those states? It's their land, you know. Just because you put the borders out or you purchased it over some dodgy deal way back when, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like they're actually there. They are native. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, I agree with you. There's not really any easy answers, especially here. You know, um, the problem is that so many people's opinions are based in xenophobia and other types yeah. of fear, you know, where, you know, uh, like Trump trying to say that, you know, well, we'll just ban all Muslims from coming into the country or we'll ban all <laughs> yeah, ref- Syrians from, co- you know, and, um, you know, but the, you know, when you look at, and it's something that I've paid fairly close attention to over the last several years. I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means, but, you know, um, when you're talking about people crossing our southern border into, you know, California, Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, areas like that, and, you know, and many of them travel well into the United States as well to find mm, work. Mm. Um, but when... When, you know, there's a there's a great episode of a TV show on CNN uh, that Morgan Spurlock does. He's the guy that did that documentary, Supersize Me. Are you familiar with that movie? Oh, was that the one where he, um, like, ate McDonald's? Yeah, he ate Maccas for 30 days. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, do you know what people are doing here? Sorry, but okay. do you know what people are doing here? There's, like, this, I don't know if he's a TV reporter or a radio reporter. He's eating beer and pies for, like, so many weeks to prove <laughs> that it's just calories in, calories out. And he's lost, like, 7 kgs. But he can only eat, like, three pies a day. Yeah. Or he can replace one of those pies for, like, beer, like, three beers. So it's like, it's, 
as a reduced calorie diet, but as beers and pies. So like he's going around going, yeah, I lost seven kgs eating beers and pies. I was like, yeah, really? I did hear. I did hear somebody talk about that. It may have been the press X guys. I'm not sure, or it oh, might have yeah, been on another. Been, yeah. That seems to make the most sense to me, but it could have been on another podcast. <laughs> but um, for for our American audience she's talking about meat pies she's not talking about like yeah. apple pies or cherry pies she's talking about like mincemeat hand like little mincemeat pies right alice yeah like they would be um i'm looking at my hands and thinking how many inches is that because i was about to say so many centimeters <laughs> 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 about i guess about se- um so 15 centimeters it's about seven and a half inches mm-hmm long oval and then maybe like four or five inches you know in the across and they're just like generally a savory pastry um with some sort of meat filling so so like maybe um and usually the meat filling is in in a gravy so like steak um in a like a gravy at casserole so the steak's very tender and it's um got a really rich gravy around it and it's all encased in pastry yeah, yeah. they're generally and it's just on top of that, like, <laughs> really good if you've got a hangover. Um, quite nice as a treat, but you just be. I guess it would be the equivalent of eating a McDonald's Big Mac. You know, three of those a day, or you could have a substitute three of those, uh, one of those for three beers. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that would, I guess, would be around that sort of equivalent. Like calories wise and fat wise, you mean? Yeah, probably more fat in the pie because the pastry is just butter and flour. Yeah, 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 that's flour, true. You know, it's yeah, <laughs> and it's white flour. But yeah, I don't know, like it, but you know, sort of, I guess, health wise, it would be along the lines of that. <laughs> I don't even know how many calories there are in a pie. You don't count calories when you're eating pies. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But apparently, he's trying. Yeah, the funny yeah, thing is he's yeah, probably yeah. better off drinking beer than soda, though. You know, oh, yeah, so much All sugar. that sugar and sodas. Yeah. But the other thing with that sugar thing that cracks me up, everyone goes, oh, it's better to have natural sugars. I'm sorry, where does cane sugar come from? <laughs> it's it refined. from a cane, yeah. a sugar cane. And, you know, by the time you get your stevia and your cup of tea, it's pretty refined as well, love. Right. It's not like, it's not like someone just put a tap on the plant and poured it out into your cup of tea. Yeah, well, there, there's this uh, there's this guy – his name's Vinny Tortorich. He's on the Adam Carolla show a lot, and he's got his own podcast too. And he's he's like a nutritionist and kind of a fitness guru. I'm trying to remember his Twitter handle right now. But one of the things, one of the points that he makes repeatedly when it comes to any type of sugar, whether it's fructose or glucose or sucrose or anything, is he's like, your liver doesn't know the difference. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. your liver is what has to process all of that crap, and it doesn't care where it came from. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it doesn't care if it's from yeah. a glass of wine or a candy bar. It's all the yeah. same to your body. Yeah, except for you don't get sugar and wine. I know oh, people okay. can't figure that out, but yeah, that's all good. <laughs> Only sweet wine has sugar in it. <laughs> okay, um, I, I was just looking around the room, and the first thing I saw that seemed a little sweet was Wendy's glass of wine. So I, <laughs> so I jumped on that. But you know, yeah, it's a right. Your point is exactly right, and that was <laughs> it was when I was pregnant. Actually, I went and did a. Mm, 
I don't know, maybe a breastfeeding course or something like that. When you know, when you're pregnant with your first baby, they offer all this stuff that you go and find out what you should and shouldn't do. Yeah. And um, you know, they said they were like, you know, you shouldn't do drugs and you shouldn't drink and da da da. Um, and then they said, oh, if you've if you've got prescription um drugs, then that's fine. And I'm like. How the hell does your body go? Yep, that's a prescription drug, and that's good for you. And right. no, that's not a prescription drug. No good. How'd you go? I was like, your body doesn't know the freaking difference between a prescription drug and a bloody recreational drug. Yeah. It's poison. <laughs> it gets rid of it. Yeah. I was like, where is the logic? You know, what are these people thinking? How can they say that? You know, uh, like, the only thing. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that you know, if somebody's on Prozac or something like that, they they're not going to tell them to get off of some sort of maintenance medication like that. But to say that that yeah, it doesn't make a difference gonna, is kind of yeah, nuts. They're also not going to tell. Like the reason they say don't worry about prescription drugs is because otherwise sick people won't go to the hospital because they're pregnant. They don't want to go on prescription drugs. Right. And you know, and I understand that, but still, it's not right to say it. <laughs> yeah, the mixed messages. You know, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, anything about the medical uh, situation in New Zealand, but you know, I can speak for here. It's it's a fucking travesty. Yeah. You know, yeah, even with know. even with the Affordable Care Act, it's still a fucking mess out here. Yeah, I I um when I came back, um, which was what six and a half years ago, um. I had a friend that said she, I can't remember the exact details, but spent a half an hour, an hour in hospital, and still, like, even with insurance, her part of the bill was, like, two grand or something. Mm -hmm. I was just absolutely shocked. And I remember when I lived there, um, you know, we went and got a um, penicillin, an antibiotic, um prescription and the lady I was with asked you know how much would that cost without insurance and that was back then it was 108 US dollars well we never pay much more than seven or eight bucks for a prescription of penicillin Mm. in New Zealand but and at that time I sort of made a little you know, uh, resignated in me a little bit and made a little deal with myself is that I would never complain about taxes in New Zealand again Mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. like, right there I was able to see where our taxes go to, not with, you know, from a politician telling me or whatever, but just that it was right there in front of me. These people pay $108 for the same prescription that we would pay 3 or $4 for, Mm -hmm, you know. And mm -hmm. it was sort of like, oh, actually, you know, we need to, you know, we need to be grateful for what we've got and um, and grateful for the services that are provided through paying those taxes. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it's like when people, you know, lots of people here are always espousing the education system in, you know, like Scandinavia and healthcare in, in Scandinavia. You know, like I think Finland is at the top for all of these you know, education, medicine, you know, all of these different things. And it's like, we need to follow their model and this and that. And it's like, okay, well, first you got to get all your friends to be willing to pay the taxes that they pay in Finland. Yeah. You know, I'm down yeah. for it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. If it means that, yeah. you know, our kids get the best education in the world and people aren't dying from, you know, we're going to, I mark my words, we're going to end up with people dying from, more and more preventable 
diseases as time yeah. goes by, especially with the anti-vaxxers and all of that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, smallpox is going to come back. Whooping cough is already back, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, it and, is. It's real, that's, it's real difficult, that thing, isn't it? Like, in New Zealand, you can choose whether or not to vaccinate. Mm. Um and, you know, we have the same thing where we have people that are really anti-vaccination um, and particularly in my generation and younger because we haven't actually firsthand seen right. the impact of those diseases, polio, um, uh, what's the uh, one there, rubella, you know, yeah, the yeah. German measles. We haven't seen firsthand the effects of those diseases because we were immunised against them mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone sort of younger than us was. But, you know, my dad's first cousin, she's deaf because she got rubella, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so she's in her, you know, 60s or so, probably late 60s maybe, and, you know, like she's deaf. Because mm-hmm. she had rubella, a pro- something that you can immunize against now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's people- even people my age that have, you know, you know, deafness, blindness, uh, all kind from, from lots of different, um, sicknesses in infanthood. You know, a yeah. high fever at that young of an age can really mess you up. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, it was, and so like, there are people that will sort of bang on about how you shouldn't get your children immunized and all the rest of it. And I remember my sister telling me a story about a workplace she had and one of the people there was really anti-immunization and she sort of really banged on about it. And there was another gentleman there and he was quite, um, you know, he was quietly spoken, very rarely spoke up against these things, but she just kept going on about it. And she, he actually turned around, I think made one of the most valid points that I've heard in the argument for immunization. He said, because I choose to immunize my children, you can mm-hmm. choose to not immunize yours. Yep. If and that was and that really I thought, yeah, that's you know, that's a real true fact. If everyone didn't immunize, then we would have these diseases proliferant in our in our communities and you would have to, you know. And yeah. and so, you know, I thought, oh that's really you know, it's a really good statement, you know, like that's fine that you don't want to immunize your children and, and I can understand your argument for not doing it, but you know, maybe just respect the people that have made a decision different to yours, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I don't understand not doing it personally. And, you know, I mean, one of the scariest things about it is, you know, a lot of the vaccinations you don't get until you're nearing elementary school or into elementary school age. Ours are all done very young. Oh, okay. Ours, well, yeah, ours are all over by um, uh, the last one. I think is done at four, but they like you know they start the most of them are done by by one. Okay. By age one. Yeah. Well, even if that may be the case here. Now that I think about it, but even if that is the case, if you have you know a five or six year old that hasn't been immunized and is carrying one of these contagions and is around a brand new infant that hasn't gotten any of their vaccinations yet yeah you know that's that could be a death sentence for that baby and And that baby's parents haven't even had the choice to uh, haven't even been able to make the choice to immunize or not yeah i can i can understand that too and also but you know also there's a 
a friend of my mother's, I can't remember who it was, once said, uh, evidence is not the plural of anecdote. And that's kind of what the anti-vaxxers are trying to do is, you know, like this whole argument that vaccinations cause autism. There's absolutely no scientific basis for any Mm. of that talk. And if they looked into it just very briefly, you would see that vaccinated or not, autism in, you know, in many, many cases, especially more some of the more extreme cases, doesn't start to manifest itself until around the age that kids get these vaccinations. So (laughs) it's a coincidence, you know, and, you know, and then you've got Jenny McCarthy saying that not only did a vaccination cause her son's autism, but she was able to cure his autism. I don't remember what she says cured it, but I mean, those are just two absolutely asinine statements that because she's a, you know, one time celebrity now just a crackpot, but Um, You know, because she was at one time in the public eye, you know, people listen to her. It's nuts. It's dangerous, eh? And you know, the thing is now, too, is that more and more people that should not be celebrities are celebrities. (laughs) People are putting a fucking camera on them. (laughs) So true. Oh, my God. Do you know what we have got on our television? So we, we don't. We don't have any pay per view in our house, any um, paid television in our house, no cable or anything like that. Okay. We've only got the free to air channels. And, you know, I think there's a dozen or so now, um, but there's sort of three or four main channels. And one of the, um, there's two main networks. And one of the networks, obviously, one of the channels was struggling. They just took it off. And they've put this channel on called Bravo. And do you know what this fucking Real Housewives of frickin' Orange County, some Kardashian bullshit, <laughs> fucking, I want to be a millionaire matchmaker, fuck my God, dance mums, oh my God, I have, fuck, I just hate it, it absolutely makes me ropeable, I can't block the fucking shit off my TV, and the kids want to watch, Caitlin's like, oh mum, they're dancing, they're fucking bitching, turn it off, <laughs> Fuck! Oh, yeah, oh my that... God, it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah. It's voyeurism. It's horrible. Why oh, and most of it's the... most of it's not even actually real. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, much my of God, it is even worse. And, and yeah, they you know they sort of it is real people, and it is their house, and it is you know whatever. But there's also lots of conversations that go on when the cameras aren't running. You know. Where yeah. they go, okay, well, here's the conversation that we want you to have, and, you know, here's this, and here's, and it's, you know, and yeah, oh, Bravo has just. People. Is Bravo, is that an actual American channel or yes, something? Yes, yes, it's a cable oh, channel fuck here. Mate. And... Can you get it shut down or something? <laughs> I don't think so, because those people that... are making millions of dollars. Fuck me. Oh my God. Yeah. That is the worst thing that I have ever seen. I cannot believe that it's actually a channel. Yeah, and it's just been spiraling down and down and down for the last, you know, at least five or six years. They just keep coming up with more. I think Honey Boo Boo was on that channel. 
Oh, you're familiar no, with that? I, no, no, I'm not. And yeah, I just you're don't better want off. to be. <laughs> I just don't want to be. Yeah. There was like Kardashians on my TV. And do you know what I hate about them is that I know who they are and I've never fucking watched anything about them. I uh, Same what, here. And what other fuck are they famous for? Being famous. I, I just, oh, my God. That, and so you're getting more and more idiotic people that are celebrities, mm-hmm. and so people are listening to them. So that's probably what your problem is. That's why people are voting for Donald Trump. Uh, that could be part of it. Idiots that are bloody celebrities. Well, the <laughs> no, way you the... know, like it's not like the old days where the celebrities worked really hard. You know, the actors and actresses, you know, they worked hard to become what they have what they became Mm -hmm. and they became um celebrities through that hard work you know well and generally they had to have at least a modicum of talent well yeah you know like they were good at what they did you know right you know even there were a lot of people that were good at what they did that didn't become famous as well Mm -hmm. you know like they so it was not just that you were talented but but that you worked hard and you and you took the hits and you kept coming back, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes for not much money, you know. Sure. And now we just bloody we turn the internet on and and push a button and we're all famous. Yep. Yeah. Well, as as I understand it, the way that the whole Kardashian craze started is that Kim Kardashian was in a sex tape with a professional, I think, basketball player or but rapper or something. But that happened after they were famous. No, this is what made her, this is what made her name come out. And instead of oh. running from it and being, you know, mortified that this tape was out there, she decided to profit off of it. And that's where this whole thing and oh, then well, her little I, sisters were sitting there going, oh, my God, Kim is so rich and famous. I want to be a whore, too. And they just yeah. all started <laughs> well, you know, doing the same fair, shit. Actually, she, she's just gone up a mark in my book. So good the fuck on her for making money out of it and not just being wimped out. You know, like, because to be fair, you know, so many women are pushed into humiliation because of that sort of thing on the internet. Yeah, that's true. And there's actually, there was another lady that did something that was it her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend or something, published photos that he'd taken of her on a porn site and she couldn't get them taken down. Mm -hmm. Like, literally couldn't get them taken down. It was a huge fight. And, And she ended up publishing like, really nice photos of herself nude on on the internet to sort of um, like it was a statement. Trying to balance you know, it like, out, yeah. Yeah. What what she, her argument was is that there was no consent given. For sure. Um, and so and that's and that was the legal battle was the consent. And so she said, you know, I have no problem with the nudity. I and when I consent, here is what I can produce. Yeah, you know, I but think I, I remember didn't that. Consent to that, you know, right. and that and that was what. Yeah. So you know, got on her from that point of view. But I just can't believe that people, you know, like, and you know, the normal people watching it. People yeah, well, they. Yes, it's <laughs> like you said, it's voyeurism, pure and simple. It's yeah. you know, what are the other? What's the rest of the world up to? What do these rich people do behind yeah. closed doors and and that kind of shit? You know, 
And, you know, I, you know, rather than, you know, and this goes back to what you were saying a couple of minutes ago, rather than putting my nose to the grindstone and making something out of my own career, I'll just try and live vicariously through these really, really sketchy uh, kind of morally bankrupt people that will just do anything if there's a paycheck attached to it yeah that's weird i mean i don't know maybe i would do it if i had it if i got a million bucks an episode or something right (laughs) i might do it for a season you know yeah hey i'd do an episode for a million bucks one sure one (laughs) but you know yeah probably wouldn't go much further than that because i'd be all like man that's boring shit i ain't watching that Oh man! That's well, yeah, that's why you have a producer in your ear telling you that you have to do shit that you would normally yeah. never do just Scream, to make it. There's a spider. You know. Yes, that's what I saw. <laughs> literally. That's what I saw. I didn't even know it was the Kardashians, but there were these two girls came out because my husband flicks through the channels, mm. and um, and the yeah, these two girls came out and sat down, and then one of them, you know, grabbed something off them, and then they're like, "Ah, it's a spider! How did the spider get on me?" And then I looked at the at the thing. I was like, Kardashian. So this is what the Kardashians about. There's a spider on me. Oh my god! Yeah, I've never seen a single episode of that show, but I did have a friend who watched um, the Real Housewives of Orange County all the time, and I am embarrassed to admit that I got kind of sucked into that show for a little uh, while. No, I just Because, can't. you know, it's oh. like it's like a soap opera. It's like, it, you know, as embarrassed as many people are that they're hooked on soap operas, they can't stop watching them. And know, it's like, like hey. watching a train wreck. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe what a bitch she is. And I even find myself talking like that while I'm watching these shows. And you want oh. someone to get their comeuppance, and you want the... You want the yeah, person who's not know, being like, screwed is, over is to that's win. That's not what they're actually like, you know. And this is this has happened on. I think that Bravo was airing at the Real Housewives of Auckland. Mm-hmm. It was New Zealand, you oh, know, okay. New Zealand woman. And something happened. I don't know. I mean, I, I, honestly, I can't tolerate watching it for five minutes. But it was all through the news. But one of the women said something. I think it might have been like. Um, like calling someone the n-word you know i know Mm. that's not cool and you know like it was something like that but what happened was the tv show took it well out of context Ah. and like just nailed her hung her out to dry big time Mm. and um and she tried to get the episode, or her and her husband tried to get the episode removed, and they wouldn't do it. They they continued and aired it, and they like I think they was it was you know they tried to sue them or something. I can't I don't know exactly what happened, what the outcome of it was, but yeah, like when you sort of when you saw the, all the news items and saw them saying, look, you know, like the way I was using the term was not the way they portrayed it on the television. Yeah. It was all. And I was like, so, you know, that's not even those people, you know. And even when, like, we have things like, you know, Survivor. Mm. uh, and oh, a lot of, you know, sort of those types of shows and some of them that I've watched, you know, are oh, renovation programs and stuff like that. And when you actually, 
you know, the way these people are portrayed is like, well, they always portray someone as the villain because oh, yeah, they literally you know, like reality TV doesn't happen without a villain. Oh, you for know? sure. And shows like so Survivor, they literally cast those shows. They literally yeah. Yeah. they decide before you even get to the island how they're going to edit each different person, you know, yeah. because you could take any, you know, you put a camera on anybody you know, 12 to 16 hours a day for over a month, you can portray that person in any way that you want, especially if they're sleep deprived and food deprived and yeah. all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody can was, look good or one bad. Of those, um, we had one called Treasure Island that would, you know, just New Zealand celebrities. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. use that word quite loosely in New Zealand. Um, was and- Anthony Starr ever on that show? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just no, he's he like, wasn't. He's that probably was the before, biggest Kiwi star he I know. Became a celebrity, um, and and there was one girl on there that sort of um, I don't even think these were not actually these weren't celebrities. These were these were people. So it was like the Survivor thing. Okay, but it was our you know we called it Treasure Island, mm-hmm. and um, and she said she just couldn't believe when she watched the episodes back, she couldn't believe how badly they portrayed her. Yeah. You know, and that was just New Zealand TV that's not even very good at it. Like, it's nothing like, you know, the producers and the money that goes into American TV. For sure, yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. But it's and, all you know, a, it's all a, it's all a, uh, a formula now for shows like that. You know, I mean, oh, if you, yeah. you watch enough of it, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. I still, I like Survivor. I watch Survivor. Yeah, I, I watch The Amazing Survivor. Race, you know. Oh, I don't um, watch The Amazing Race. I just started oh, watching it recently. <laughs> Um, one of my friends summed it up when it first came out. This is kind of offensive to Americans, sorry, but she goes, just a bunch of loud loud ass fucking stupid Americans (laughs) who, because they can't speak the language, start yelling at the locals. It's fucking ridiculous. That's so true. It's like, you don't understand me. Well, no, the louder you get. It doesn't make it any different. I just don't speak it English. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there was one particular season where there was these two girls that were former NFL cheerleaders. And and one of them was just she she was just so impatient. She could not believe that someone in Italy didn't speak English. Yeah. Or in, I mean, she would like, she would be trying to talk to a cab driver and she had, she made absolutely no effort to even learn like how to say thank you or goodbye or, you know, (laughs) anything. It was just, she would just, like you're saying, she would just get louder and louder. And, you know, and especially in some countries, the cab driver's just looking in the rearview mirror going, you know, about two seconds, you're getting the fuck out of my car, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. You know? <laughs> but that's what gives Americans a bad name is people like that. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> that and Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it, man. That's, that's, yeah, that's, and everyone, everyone, a whole world. I said to my friend that a week or so ago, I said, I, I, but you know, the thing is, I've not actually come across anyone that supports Donald Trump. She goes, no, me either. And then she goes, oh, no, actually, I did come across someone who said that they would vote for Donald Trump. I was like, no way. And she goes, yeah, but since all this sort of um, 
you know, this the sex stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the sex, um, sexist stuffs come out. I wonder if she still would now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a video. I shared it on Facebook. I think it was. Um, I don't remember if it was the Daily Show or if it was a legit um, news show, but somebody interviewed right after that whole um, hot mic from the bus tape came out. Um, I watched an interview with, you know, it was at least like eight, maybe 12 women who were all still 100% on board voting for Trump. I saw that. I didn't watch it. I couldn't watch that because my computer might have got broken if I watched that. (laughs) (laughs) That sort of stuff just absolutely, absolutely bewilders me. Yeah, it's crazy. I watched um, Michelle Obama's speech, um, you know, uh, and it was uh, predominantly about that. And Mm -hmm. she is just amazing. She is really great. And she's really kind of come out for at least from my perspective. It seems like she has really kind of come out of her shell here towards the end of Obama's final term. Like she's really... She's like, okay, now it's now it's my turn to you know to kind of shine and and uh, you know I always say being a lame duck president must be a lot of fun in some ways because you know and you don't you know like Obama oh god what was this like ten days ago maybe um, just came right out and you know somebody asked him something about Trump and he's like he's like ah be honest with you i think trump should stop whining and just get back to work trying to get votes <laughs> this is a sitting yeah. president i was like that yeah. was badass yeah i think the thing like i think someone said um you know that as a president they didn't think obama was that great but but his class mm. you know like he is just he's just got a and that michelle definitely has you know that Class, you yeah. know, the eloquence is what someone described it, and I was like, definitely phenomenal. Oh, for sure. Um, and then, I, and then someone said she should become president, and then someone else said, no, nah, she's not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> she said, they, they've got all their money now; they go retire somewhere nice and quiet because they're too intelligent to go for it again. <laughs> Yeah, well, somebody somebody once said, I don't think it was even that many years ago, um, you know, uh, that, you know, anyone who wants to be president, anyone who wants to be president shouldn't be president. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the hardest, most thankless, you know, I mean, anybody who wants to do it has got to have some sort of a screw loose, you know, but... (laughs) Uh, but it's funny too when I hear people uh, complain about Obama or say he hasn't been that effective, or it's similar to people that complain about Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, that is. Um, and a lot of the shit that both of those guys got done was done without a whole lot of fanfare. And, you know, I mean, some of the obviously, you know, the Affordable Care Act was a huge thing because the Republicans fought it so hard and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's accomplished a lot. And and for most of the time with a Congress, and this is what a lot of people even here in America don't get. I don't know how well people around the world understand it, but 
the president isn't really the one that gets shit done. It's the Congress. It's the House and the Senate that, you know, that write the laws and and vote on the laws and create the laws and uh, all of that. And sure, he can veto them, but it's not it's not the president's, you know, what is it that you always say, Wendy? What's the president's job? Mm hmm. To sign treaties and veto and sign bills and foreign policy stuff. All right. Yeah. Right. So he's the, he's the chairman. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's kind of like, you know, uh, I think it's Bill this Burr basically edgy, says, yeah? you know, the, the president like. is like the manager of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, this is what know. I'd like to see happen. And no, that's fucking ridiculous. We're going to have to get rid of that one. Right. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, now I'm starting to like the restaurant analogy even more because it's like, you know, you could consider a bill sort of, you know, the the cooks in trying to introduce a new menu item. That's, you know, mm. and then the president tasting it and saying either yes or no, whether it's going to go on the menu or not. Yeah. Or, or even better. I go. It's getting better. I'm starting to burn now. Uh, it's uh, he goes to the kitchen. He goes to the kitchen and tells the cooks, "I want you to develop new recipes based on these ingredients." And then they yeah. come back to him with these new dishes, and he either says yay or nay. Yes or no. How's yeah. Work, well Wendy? done. Yeah. Right. You're on fire. <laughs> right. I'm cooking with gas now. Cooking with gas now. <laughs> I probably just blew my wad, though. That's probably it for the night. That's it. Yeah, done it. <laughs> oh, very good. And so anything else exciting? I guess, oh, I guess there was all that controversy over the gun laws. That was pretty exciting for a wee little minute there until Donald Trump got into um, candidacy, just wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that was a while back, yeah. Yeah, it was a while back, but I haven't Yeah, to me, it just yet. feels like that shit's just ongoing constantly, and it's yeah, it's always people on both sides, you know, with, as with so many things with politics, it's the loudest voices on either side are always at the most extreme right oh, or left of yeah, the argument, yeah. and the reality when it comes to most things in America, and in particular guns and gun laws and stuff like that, is the reality of the situation is not only do 90% of Americans agree with most of the uh, legislation that's being proposed, 90% of gun owners agree with mm -hmm. most of the legislation that's being proposed. It's just that the NRA is such a massively powerful lobby they have you know they're backed by uh you know they're people don't you know people think the gun lobby and the nra are two different things but they're not it's just the nra is the voice of the gun lobby and they have so much money behind them and they give so much money to politicians right. that that's why it's like trying to get you know a truck stuck out of the mud because right, they just yeah. can't they they can't cut off that that uh infusion of funds for their especially yeah. especially congress people they have to re they have to run for re-election every two years you know it's right. like they never really get a chance to settle in and do anything because once they get there they have to start running again 
Yeah, because see, I mean, I, I would liken that in New Zealand um, to, you know, there's a big thing to ban tobacco in New uh, Zealand. But completely the thing is, ban is the, tobacco altogether? Yeah, completely ban it. Wow. But the thing is, is that it will never happen because it makes a huge amount of income for the government. Of course. You know, and they can tax it. And 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 I think also that is one of the big um, sticking points for legalizing or decriminalizing um, marijuana mm. is because it's easy to grow, so they wouldn't collect good tax on it. Uh-huh. You know? So yeah. But so do I they grow tobacco that. in New Zealand? Nah, not really. No, okay. They can, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's the process because tobacco is processed. You know, right, right, right. Whereas marijuana isn't, it's dried and smoked, yeah. you know, sort of thing. That's that'd be the difference. But yeah, no, I don't know. I, I the American gun laws are a bit of a, a bit of a phenomenon to the rest of the world because you know in New Zealand a lot of people own guns. Mm. A lot of people own guns. But the intention for those guns, the weapons that are owned, they are intended to kill animals. And that is something that, like, for me, that is something that I find really difficult to understand. Why do you want to walk around with the ability to kill people? Yeah. You know, like, and to me, when you Well, I can speak to that. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know know that there are good reasons, and I know that a lot of it is people say it's self-defense and all the rest of it. But I just think that when you design a weapon to kill people – and then you purchase and carry that weapon. Your intention is to kill people. Well, I carried know. a gun for several years. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And, yeah, I know. and I had, you know, and I know, I know many police officers too. Most of whom, you know, I know cops. I know guys that have been cops for thirty years and more, who yeah. have never even taken their weapon out of their holster on duty. You know, yeah. and um, you know, the advent of having every single citizen of the country basically walking around with a movie camera in their pocket all the time and uh and being able to video you know and there's the the you know crime rates are actually down in this country uh police shootings are actually down in this country but when down from when, when? You know, from 10 years ago or so. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. or from no, the no, 90s. Just, just out of curiosity, yeah. what's your time frame? Um, you know, so yeah, within the down. last, you know, 15, 20. It's been on a, st- a slow but steady decline. Down. You know, yeah. there's still yeah. entirely too much gun crime, still entirely too much murder and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But, um, you know, when it comes to movements like Black Lives Matter and things like that, um, the some once again, some of the loudest voices don't have their facts right, and so right. that can make the whole movement look bad. You know, like there are more white people shot by shot and or killed by cops in this country every year than black people. 
yeah, which by a large margin, to, which would tend to make sense because the population of white people exactly in the country the, is larger than the population of black people exactly. in the country. And if you and, and, and if you take it as a percentage, I, I think it's not so much that that shocks me, uh, and it's not even the you know the mass shootings. I mean, I I always um I, when I lived in the states, there was a mass shooting on one of the army bases, um Fort over Hood, on, probably maybe yeah. Uh, not, so it would have been 95, um, I think, 95, 96. Okay, that would have been early, yeah. Yeah, um, but, and, you know, the thing that shocked me about all of those things is that, is um, the ability to rapidly fire a number of bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have single shot guns, they're not going to kill as many people. You know, that, well, that's just a fact because it takes too much time to reload. But, you know, and also if if the availability of weapons to kill people is is limited, then you're going to have less people die from gunshot. Well, you know, I think that, I mean, that's, well. that sounds that sounds very logical and stuff. But when you when you actually get right down to the details of it. Um, that's sort of where things get a little bit more murky when you start down this road because yeah, hundred um, percent, and it's always going to be like that because there's no clear black or white answer to it. Like, I, like where I live in Hawkes Bay, there's a high percentage. I think it's something like eighty percent of people in Hawkes Bay own and and have guns in their mm-hmm. houses. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all you would. Pretty or all the legal ones, anyway. Handguns are illegal in New Zealand. You can't have a handgun okay. as are automatic and assault weapons. So those okay. are all illegal. You can't. You well, can't you can't as, have as a citizen. You can't have an automatic weapon in America either. Yeah, but you still have automatic weapons, yeah, available to your army, and that. I guess we must have to our army as well. I don't know. Oh, I'm but sure you like, do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I I do know like you can't get them. You can't get assault weapons in New Zealand, you know, unless it's black market. And you know that's not it's not as easy in New Zealand as it is maybe in America because sure. America's borders are you know your borders are, are right on other countries, whereas our borders are closed by water. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. like it's just a little bit harder to, to yeah, do. Yeah, it takes it. a little bit more work. Yeah, a little bit more. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, and I'm not sure. saying this is done in New Zealand, but and you know, so in Hawkes Bay, there's a huge amount of gun owners, um, and and in Auckland, for example, very very small amount. The difference being is that most people in Hawkes Bay are either hunters or farmers. So they all have guns, you know. Sure. And what I've seen is that, you know, in Auckland, you have the I, – I lived in Auckland for 10 years, and I don't think I ever came across an armed offenders squad once. And that is our police Yeah, that's your armed police, that, right? Yeah, uh, that, they're called out for armed incidences. Yeah, I, I thought when, when Luke and Hamish told me about the armed defenders, I – couldn't stop laughing. I swear to God, because <laughs> it sounds like a comic book to me. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> call the armed defenders. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> Come out with capes like on and shit. Well, it is because it's something that's so. It's not something that's common. And then when I moved to Hawkes Bay, I have um come across at the end of my road the armed defenders 
probably in total I've been here seven years and I've come across them probably five or six times. Mm, wow. You know? So my point is just simply that because there are more guns in Hawke's Bay, there is more gun crime. And whether it be crime, and nine nine times out of ten, these armed offenders call-outs in Hawke's Bay are Mr. and Mrs. Jones had a fucking domestic. Mr. Jones got fucked off and pulled the gun out. Yeah. Because he's got one. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If he didn't have a gun, he wouldn't have pulled the gun out. Yes, and that's you know? a very and valid that is point. the difference between Auckland and... And Hawke's Bay. Yeah. You know, yes, there's a lot more crime. Well, I don't even know. Per capita, I think, there's probably about the same amount of crime. I can't remember. the. I haven't seen the statistics for a long time. But in Auckland, there's a huge amount of crime. There's, you know, the muggings, the rapes, the, all the things that are normal in city. society, yeah. in a city. Um, but in Hawke's Bay... Armed offenders are at the end of my frickin' room. <laughs> <laughs> because instead of just having a domestic, we pulled the gun out. Yeah. Instead of just being depressed, we threatened to shoot ourselves. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's just because there's guns, and this is not like this is not uh, even uh, talking about America. I'm just talking about two communities in New Zealand. Because sure. the guns are available, there is more gun crime. You know. And, yeah, and, and there's, you know, I mean, one of the biggest problems that we have here, in my opinion, uh, you know, is you've got these huge amounts of absolutely responsible gun owners like 100%. myself. When I was when I had guns, you know, I, you know, my the the pistol that I carried on me was when I was home. It was kept in a safe that only I had the combination to, and it was only ever in its safe or on my body. Yeah. It was never, you know, you but got still, these people. Like, to have it on your body, like mm-hmm. to be carrying that gun, it's a, it's a gun that is designed specifically for killing people. Well, you know? that's, I mean, that's, that, that that's is, debatable that's in my opinion. You know, well, I guess I, it, it may be debatable because I don't know exactly I mean, what I, you were carrying. It was, well, I mean, it was a handgun. Guns, you know, generally, handguns <clears throat> and assault we- weapons are designed specifically to kill people. Well, there's, you, you know, know, there's also there's there are many different combat shooting sports. Yeah. You know, one of which I used to take part in at a local range in Delaware, and. Um, and you, you know, I mean, one of the things, just to get back to something I started to say a little earlier, one of the, one of the problems that we have, as I see it, is how we define an assault rifle. Right. Okay. Because an assault rifle is just a semi-automatic rifle. It's, oh yeah. Okay. It's not automatic. It's not. It doesn't short. It doesn't shoot bursts. You know. It doesn't shoot three three round bursts. It doesn't shoot automatic. It's every time you pull the trigger, yeah, a round comes out. And yep. you know, the larger the but magazine, you're those, able to. We have those as right, well. Right. Okay. But, but, but the, here's the thing. For killing animals. Well, here's the their thing. But know. here's the thing: is the definition of an assault rifle, at least here in America, is purely cosmetic. Right. Because many, many Bushmaster, Ruger, uh, you know, uh, probably uh, – what the hell is that one? I can't remember that other. But any company that makes, for example, an AR-15, 
Mm. Also makes a hunting version of the rifle. The only difference is how they look. The mechanics of both rifles are exactly the same. Same caliber. And the ammunition? Same, yes, same caliber, right. same ammunition. Everything is exactly the same, except right. the, you know, the Mini 14, which is a Ruger, it, uh, has a brown wooden stock and it looks like a, like a typical rifle. It just has right. a magazine that loads into the bottom, just like many other hunting rifles do. Yeah, 100%. And it's yeah. a 223 caliber round. And it is exactly the same frame. The mechanism is exactly the same as the AR-15. Exactly yes. the same. There's yeah, nothing yeah. different. Okay, so both of those are designed but, for that sort of Well, and, high. you know, it's – but, you know, generally speaking, you go hunting, you don't have a 30-round magazine. You have a five-round magazine. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And the other thing, too, <clears throat> I guess that's different between hunting in America and hunting in New Zealand is – that we generally aren't hunting animals that are of the same, you know, you very rarely are you hunting 100 kg animals. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. generally, that, so that would be like a. Yeah, you guys just don't have enough pound. space for big animals like that. Yeah, we don't have. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, exactly. Would that just push all us humans off? Yeah, I mean, one herd of have, elk and you guys are, are done. Big, yeah, yeah, there are big pigs and stuff like that, and they may get up to that size, but they're not. That's generally not the norm of what people are going out to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hunting pigs, they're hunting deer, they're hunting ducks. You know, like right. all they're hunting. You know, like right. And most of those are shot. Most of those are typically hunted with shotguns, anyway. Um, I, I think that's how the, it is here. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the ducks are shotguns, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the others are like a rifle. You know, like a two o two. Is that correct? I think. Mm, could um, be. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know a lot, but I just, I just do know that, like, when. I mean, I know when I went to McDonald's in America and the policeman came into McDonald's and he had a mm-hmm. gun, I was like, what the fuck's he doing with a gun in McDonald's? <laughs> the shit shooting, what? Well, you know what's funny I about that? <laughs> you know what's funny about that is when I first started carrying my pistol and I, you know, I carried a 45 caliber semi-automatic that, you know, carried nine rounds in the magazine, but I had extended mags that would carry 13 and Jesus the Christ, funny thing was, and a 45, I mean, that's a, that's a big bore for a handgun, you know, yeah, that's yeah. almost a half inch diameter bullet. And, um, when I first started carrying while I was waiting for my paperwork to go through, Delaware is one of the few states where open carry is legal without a permit. Right. If you can legally own a gun, you can carry it, carry it openly, on your hip. you know, yeah. like, and yeah. So I did that for about three months, and before I started doing it, I was fucking petrified. I thought I, you know, I had all of these people warned me, oh, you're just putting a target on your back and blah, 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 blah. But I found a group of people in Delaware who were advocates, and I talked to them, and I learned a lot. And now here's, here's the thing, though. I also didn't go out in public with with my gun on my hip wearing a leather vest with all my tattoos showing and a bandana and you know I was dressed to go to work I was wearing collared shirts and slacks and whatever it just so happened that I had a gun on my belt you know and <laughs> not fucking the, <laughs> well here's what happened in this and well and you're going to love how I what I had to do with it when I got in my car but 
here's what happened. I'd get out of my car, um, put my gun on and be going into a convenience store or, you know, any other place. And people would hold the door for me. They would call me <laughs> sir. They would. They thought Dude, I was a fucking they, I detective. Had, they yeah, thought I was, I was say, a fucking detective. That was not earned respect. No, not at all. That, <laughs> no, not at all. That was. And I'm then, scared. My fucking ass is gonna get shot <laughs> if I don't hold the door open for sure. No, sir. they thought I was law enforcement or FBI oh. or something. It was hilarious <laughs> because I'd be standing in line and somebody'd be like, you know, so what agency are you with or whatever, and I'd be like, what do you mean? And they'd be like, you know, you're law enforcement, right? And I'd be like, no, I'm a, I work at a restaurant. I manage a restaurant. I'm on my way to work right now. And they're like, well, what's with the gun? And I'm like, well, like I said, I manage a restaurant. I'm alone at night with a lot of cash, you know? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, how come you can care? I'm like, anybody in Delaware can do this. And every time people were like, what? You know, yeah, they just didn't so know. Didn't but, then, know the but then once I had it, my concealed permit, nobody even knew I had it. So it was never so an they issue. Opening your doors. It, yeah, yeah, they got people got rude again after I concealed it. <laughs> but um, the funny thing was when you're open carrying without, and obviously you can open carry with a concealed permit. But if you're open carrying without a concealed permit, at least in Delaware, the gun has to be visible when you're driving. If you leave it on your hip, it's considered concealed because it can't so be seen from outside. Dashboard. So, well, you can put it on the you can put it on the passenger seat if you want yeah. to, or some people will strap it to their passenger seat. Like they'll close their uh, they'll close the the seatbelt for the passenger seat and hang a holster off of the the shoulder yeah. belt, yeah, so that so that it can be seen, but. I didn't. I tried putting it on the seat, and it would just slide off onto the floor and shit yeah. like that. And then and, it was concealed again. Fuck yes, it. exactly. And then you have to pull over and you know and, pick it uh, up. And then in the meantime, but, someone tries to carjack you, so you shoot them. And then you fucking got to put your gun. Well, on Well, you dashboard. can't shoot them because it's down on the fucking floor, right? <laughs> so what I did what is I fear. got. You're gonna love this, Alice. So I went and got another, the exact same, and I carried a. I carried a, a what's called a retention holder a holster, a retention holster, which means there's a certain they're made out of uh, rigid ABS plastic. And there's only a certain way that the gun will come out of the holster. It's not yeah, just so like a little pocket. It. It you've got out. there's a little there's a little thing that you've got to depress. And the ones that the cops use, actually, there's a certain way you actually have to push down on the gun and then tilt it backwards or it won't come out uh, of the holster. Yeah, so yeah. people can't just come up and grab it out of there mm -hmm. and much more secure than, you know, the old strap across the hammer <laughs> that you used to see in the Western movies. But yeah. um, so I bought another retention holster and I cut the I cut the belt clip off of it and I put uh uh, industrial strength Velcro on my dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally Velcroed the holster to my dashboard and stuck, and, and stuck my gun in there pointing out the front windshield. So, right? so you wouldn't shoot yourself if you had a nose to tail, but you'd shoot the bastard well, who stopped no, in front of you. <laughs> no, because my particular gun had three internal safeties on it. Oh, so there was okay, no worry right. about, about <laughs> so any of that. So it was never going to go off. No, it was never going to go off. But I was – that was, once again, I'm, and I talked to cops. I'm like, I can seriously do this. They're like, you should. The dashboard's the best place for you to put it. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. 
And they're like, no, we can see it from any side of the car. If we yeah, pull you yeah. over or something, you know, that's the best spot to put it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to be at a, st- I was in a little Volkswagen Passat station wagon. So I was real low to the ground, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to pull up next to one of these fucking soccer moms in her Chevy Suburban. And she's going to see this fucking cannon on my dashboard and call 911. I know it's going to fucking happen. And it never did. No. It never well, did. Well, they Nobody probably blinked did an call 911 and they said, look, ladies, allowed. <laughs> oh, that's possible. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> yep, that's good. We're glad he's got his gun on his dashboard, lady, because that's where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us informed of good citizens of our uh, city. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the but the funny thing, the funny thing about that is a lot of the cops in Delaware don't even know the handgun laws in Delaware. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine. Just because I used it's to go, so different to the rest of the country. Um, well, it, I mean. Different states are very different. Vermont, Bernie Sanders state, you don't have to have a permit of any kind to carry a concealed weapon in Vermont. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's the only state that's like that. It gets worse. It's the only state that's like that. I'm starting to agree with the rest of the world. Your Americans are crazy. (laughs) Well, but then again, here in California, it's almost impossible. Maryland, it's almost impossible to get a permit of any kind, you know? Yeah. And that was one of the shitty things about... Being in Delaware, because Delaware is this teeny tiny little state in the middle of the Atlantic seaboard, and on one side is New Jersey, which, you know, a lot of the gun owners on the East Coast call it the People's Republic of New Jersey because it's fucking impossible to get. And it's it's even hard for retired cops to get any kind of carry permit in New Jersey. That's good. I might go to New Jersey. Uh, I disagree because <laughs> New Jersey's a fucking mess. Um. um but it's then all you've those got... people from across the border bring their guns in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got Delaware, and I encourage anybody to look up the, this on a map. You've got little teeny tiny Delaware where, I mean, it was – I had to go through, you know, federal background check, state background check, fingerprinted, you know, all that. I did not have to submit to any sort of psychological evaluation, which I did think is stupid. Did you have to pee in a cap or anything? Uh, no, I didn't get drug tested, no. So you could be um, some psycho That's a First Amendment issue here, shoot, though. Shoot people. That's a what? privacy issue here. So do you get? Can they drug test you if you go for a job? Yes, oh, but okay. they have to tell you. You know, they they have to. Well, they, have they to would tell, tell you, you that has to be part of the. In the <laughs> well, no, it, that has to be part of like before you even apply. Like if they're if they're hiring, they like have to tell you yes, you have to submit to uh, a oh, drug yeah, test yeah, to, yeah. to even yeah, yeah, apply for to... this job. You know, yeah, like yeah, when yeah, I worked yeah. for the state police, fuck, that, to that took a year for, to get that job. Yeah, but to apply for um, a gun license, they should say before you can get a gun, we want you to do a drug test. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of people but wouldn't The people be. that wouldn't be fine with it don't deserve to carry guns. Well, except for <laughs> – but that's not true is because, I mean, Wendy doesn't have her headphones on right now, but I don't know that she would be okay with that idea. Doing a drug um, test. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like um, you know it, it's it's like when uh, there's been sort of there's been me, ideas like that if you want to go on the dole here, people have said if you want to go on the dole, you got to yeah. be drug tested, and I've that sort of never. Said that here, but that's a little bit different because going on the dole isn't going to kill someone. No, I know, but it's still you know, a privacy like you, issue. 
It's not. It's not well, so in America, by, that's like, how this I shit see. works. You don't get to pick and choose where the amendments, yeah, well, no, <laughs> where no. they apply. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of a difference between collecting a social services check and carrying a weapon that can kill people. I don't disagree with you, please. <laughs> like, I don't disagree with you at all. That's where I think there might be, you know, and I just think that... Um, but there's the, but the argument yeah. that you would get on that would be, well, where does it end then? You know, well, it's it the slippery slope argument. You don't want to carry a weapon that kills people. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite simple, really. Well, what do you yeah, say? What do you know. say to the woman whose ex-boyfriend or ex-husband is stalking her and threatening to kill her? We get that here too. You know, we we don't have to carry a gun, though. You know, you don't have to, but it might of, come in fucking handy. Well, it might, or you might accidentally kill your kid who comes in to say good night, mum, because you're so paranoid and you've got a gun under your pillow. You know, well, like, but that's but but see, this is the point that I was starting to get to earlier is about how people store their guns and how they're not they, they don't exactly, but they're, they're if, not properly that, trained. They're not, you know, all that kind of shit. Gun, if the lady's been stalked by a man and the lady's guns in a in a, you know, triple lock five thing safe where it should be, whatever that is, mm-hmm. she ain't going to get it out in time before he fucking kills her. Anyway. Well, yeah, she if she had the kind of safe that I had, she could because mine had a hand print on the top of it and i would just hit little yeah, combination was, and it popped open safe. it was right next to my bed so bolted like, to my so dresser if you're asleep mm-hmm. in bed and you know what i mean this has happened and the the guy jumps on top of you and starts choking you to death well then i'm fucked aren't i yeah well that's my point the gun's not gonna make much difference no but in but in but in, I mean, I but in many other much more likely situations, it's very, <laughs> it's pretty on. uncommon for some stranger to just show up no, in your bed and start you're, choking when you. We were talking about a oh, woman you're talking about the woman. boyfriend as yeah. being as, as yeah, um, but no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the woman stalked. who's walking from her office to her car through an empty parking lot, and her her ex jumps out of a bush or something like that but, but and he weighs 200 pounds and she weighs 100 pounds statistically that most of those attacks and i'm pretty sure in new zealand this is a fact actually take part in breach of a um uh thing order where they're not allowed to go oh there. yes of and course on, yeah on private property they yeah don't and that's happen. true here too you know, i'm they only don't i'm walking across the car park they i'm don't just pulling happen. scenarios out of my ass yeah, yeah, for the know, sake of the argument i'm not I do, trying I do to see i do see what you're saying and i do understand that but you know there are a lot of you know those situations women are stalked and beaten and killed by ex-husbands ex-boyfriends and possibly even vice versa men are probably in the same oh, I'm situation sure. yeah but I still, still can't see that as a justification for carrying a weapon that kills people. <laughs> and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise either. I'm just trying to <laughs> sort of just put out play, some different scenarios. Yeah, oh, I'm just sort of trying to play devil's advocate very, and, yeah, and yeah, say yeah. this is what people would say to that. Yeah, and I and I've heard all those arguments, and I do understand them. And but you know, like it, it just it's just. I think what is wrong with society is, you know, I, I, I liken it a little bit to, um, you know, my um, husband has been involved in motorsport, like his family is not like, but more on a um, recreational level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like um, they had a meeting and, and, you know, like people would take their cars out on the racetrack, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, 
I saw this guy crash his car and then throw an absolute patty because his car got crashed. I'm like, well, you went on a racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. to me, what did you, you, think you, was uh, you, if you go on a racetrack with your car, have got to be prepared to walk away with a damaged car. 100%. And I feel the same about someone who carries a weapon to kill people. If you are prepared to carry that weapon, then you are have got to be prepared to kill someone. You know, that is what you are putting the potential in your hand to kill a person. That's true. Um, Let me ask and, you and this. I guess when it, when push comes to shove, you know, with if would you actively seek out a weapon to kill a person? Or would you just kill that person because you happen to have that weapon on you? I can only speak for myself when it comes to yeah. this question. Oh, yeah. And everyone and, can only speak for themselves. And for me, I mean, because part of the training that I had to take in order to get my concealed carry permit involved a lot, probably not as much as it should have, I'll grant you that, but a good amount of classroom time where, yeah. you know, and it was taught by um, uh a sheriff, which in Delaware they mostly do, um, they mostly do like serve uh, uh, summonses and subpoenas and and things yeah. like that. They're not they are law enforcement, but they're not in a place like here in Santa Cruz. Our sheriffs are just like cops; they just work outside of the city limits. Whereas in Delaware, right. it's a little bit different. But um, and you know it. Uh, you know, one of the things that was absolutely drilled into our heads when we were taking this class was, you know, here are the here is everything that you need to consider within the split second before you decide whether or not you're going to draw your weapon. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and and that that list is very long. And that's yeah. why I went to the range all the time and tried to keep all of these things in my mind because I was very mindful of the fact I mean it's right there in the name of my permit concealed carry deadly weapon permit you know yeah. I'm very aware not just concealed pretty lip weapon <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> you know so I'm very aware of what the potential the is of this is, thing what, that I'm walking around with but think? hang on hang on one second one of the things that that we talked about a lot in this class is is regardless of the situation, regardless of if a gang of seven guys, like picture your worst movie, you know, you're, you're like really stereotypical lame movie uh, from the 80s where a bunch of guys come sneaking out of the alley and attack somebody and he's able to fight them all off. You know, even picture something <laughs> crazy like that. Where it's absolutely justified to use lethal force. They're obviously going to kill you. There's multiple people attacking you with weapons and you manage to save yourself, right? Even in that situation, you are going to be arrested. Yeah. You are going to be detained. You are going to go to jail. You are, you know, all of this kind of stuff. It just because you have a little card in your wallet that says I'm allowed to carry this gun does not mean that you get to shoot people and go, all right, I'm going home now. You know, yeah, yeah. it's 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 still just as fucked up of a situation as if you're carrying a gun illegally, yeah. you know, and 
you have to wait it out and it could be a very long time. You could be detained or jailed for a considerable amount of time until the police figure everything out. And, um, you know, that all of these sorts of things where, you know, like all of these sorts of things when for me anyway, and I know for most people that I've known who have carried concealed, it isn't, it isn't about, it isn't about being macho. It isn't about thinking you're a badass. It isn't thinking about, oh, well, if it comes down to it, I'll kill somebody. It's about, you know, and this is a total cliched line and it's, but you know, it's like when seconds count, the police are minutes away. And this pistol that I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on and have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours practicing with does me absolutely no good sitting in a safe at home if some shit happens to me out on the street. And having it on my person completely concealed where nobody even knows it's there doesn't do any harm to anybody. Yeah, it doesn't. I I mean, I would look at it like you say, you know, before you draw your weapon, you have to think about, you think about um, what, and the thing you came up with was, is the jail time you might have to do. Well, no, in addition to that, it's most, most of the time you're going to miss. So what's behind what you're shooting at? Yep. You know, it's all of that kind of shit that you have to think about. If you shoot someone, regardless of who that person is, good, bad, evil, you know, white, black, purple, pink, they're someone's kid. For sure. You know, like, and. But my gun wouldn't even come out of its holster unless that person was trying to kill me. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck that they have a mom. I don't. (laughs) At that point, it's me or them. You know, at that point, it's me or them. And if they have a bat or a knife or whatever, they brought a bat or a knife to a gunfight. They just didn't know it. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the way I feel on that level because I'm not going out and attacking anybody. I'm going from to and and from my work and that kind of shit. You know, Um, the other question I have is how what percentage of people do you like what percentage of people would you classify yourself in? You know, like you've given very good logical um, answers and, mm. you know, a very sound, seem very sound with what you consider when you carry your weapon. Yeah. But what percentage of people are you? you most, know, like, most of the people you, that are carrying concealed are like me. The vast majority of them. The vast majority of gun owners, period, or is that are like in, me. Like maybe. Yeah, so you reckon that the higher percentage of gun owners think like that? Oh, the vast majority of them, upwards of 90%, I think. Oh, yeah. I I don't think that there's that many intelligent people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to well like, well, think, like, you but here in America, here in America, 10 5 or 10% of the population is still a fuckload of a lot of people. It's a huge amount of you know people. What I mean? That's what is why that? I Do talk the math percentages for me, Wendy. not not It's thirty five million people, right? Yeah. But, but that's why I'm talking percentages not pop not populations. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know, po- po- population is relative to where you are. Um, but what I'm saying is that like those those what you present in, in this discussion mm-hmm. comes from an obviously intelligent thinking person who goes through the thought process. I mean, the thing is with having generally what's going to happen when you're about to be killed or you feel 
you feel threatened yeah. is those good logical thought processes aren't working. No, fuck no. You know, all you and, and anyone with even, you know, a little bit less intelligence is not going to have the ability to, to bring that logic into the discussion. You know, into the fight, basically. Right. Right. So it's going to be an emotionally driven thing. And, and emotionally, you know, if someone comes at you with a knife or a bat and, you know, like you generally will have the ability to get out of that situation. Not every time. And sometimes you're going to come off second best without a gun. You know, oh, for but, sure. Even with a gun. I mean, here, here's with something. A gun, you, you, you are, you know, you are, quite possibly going to kill someone just well, like that. Well, here's, here's how I feel about that. And I think, I think people, I think I guess, people I really minimize, hang on a sec. I think people really minimize the, what the idea, even in the moment, even when you, uh, fear for your life for 99.999% of people, the idea of killing another person is not something that comes easily. You know, mm. it's, it, uh, even if you think you're going to die. And my, I mean, the part of the reason that I did educate myself as much as I did and I did train as much as I did and all of that kind of stuff is that I took it very, very seriously. Yeah. And um, yes, of course, you've got those fucking macho cowboy redneck assholes and and whatnot that just want to talk about how big the bore of their gun is and all of that kind of shit. Um, but most people who carry concealed um, take it, do take it very seriously. And the idea is. It's absolute fucking last resort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah. if somebody, uh, you know, and I I talked about this because there was another manager at the restaurant that um, he also started carrying after I started carrying, and we talked about it, and it's like we would we would talk about scenarios. Okay, if you were in this part of the restaurant and somebody, you know, and there was a robbery attempt or something like that, what would you do? And in every case, we would always go, wait, they came in that door? And it'd be like, yeah, okay, so that door's still open? It's like, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> we'll I'm running out, out that, that fucking door. <laughs> Everybody else is on their yeah. fucking own, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm here to protect all my customers and my employees. Yeah. You know, this is for if I'm backed into a corner and there's absolutely no other way to deal with it. You know, it's yeah. like I had a... a before my wife and I split up, I had a Belgian Malinois, uh, great, great fucking dogs, and they're great protection dogs and great shepherd dogs and all of this. And sorry, wait, what was, was it? It was a Belgian Malinois. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I don't know. Um, they <laughs> look a terrible. lot. Most yeah, cool. people, when they see them, they think they're German shepherds, but uh, okay, um, but cool. they're not. They stand much taller, and uh, I'll send you a picture of him. He was absolutely oh. gorgeous. Um, but when I started obedience training him, he, you know, it is a, it is a shepherd breed. And so it's a working dog and they have endless fucking energy and they need to work, you know, mm. just like, yep. just like, you know, lots of hunting dogs and other working dogs. Mm. And 
So my plan was I was going to take him all the way through obedience, and then I was going to do protection training with him, and then I was going to do search and rescue with him, and all that just to keep him busy, just to have stuff mm. for us to do, you know. And when when I first started obedience training, um, the the same trainer that I was using for that was also had evaluated my dog for protection training, uh, agreed that he had the proper temperament and all of that. But that was way down the road, right? He had to go through several years of obedience before he could even start doing protection training. And But he used to quiz me every once in a while. The trainer did. And I'll never forget. He's like, he's like, okay, so let's say you take, you know, let's say Jet's fully trained in protection. Uh, he's fully on voice commands. He can be off leash. Everything's great. Uh, let's say you guys are out for a walk. And you get home. Uh, you're, you know, you're walking up the road and you're approaching your house and the front door has been kicked open and your wife's car is in the driveway, which tells you that at least her, possibly your daughter are also in the house and somebody has just kicked in the door. What do you do? And I said, I send the dog. And he's like, no, you fucking call 911. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, duh, of course, I'm safe out here. I don't need to send yeah. myself or the dog in to make the matters worse. Yeah. I stay out here and fucking call the police. Of course, that makes perfect sense, you know. Yeah. And and so that's the, you know, that's the the thing about, you know, and there there was a there was a situation, a, a potential mass shooter that we had here in the States. Within the last couple of years, it might have even been last year, it was a guy that was in a mall, and I don't remember what type of weapon he had, probably, you know, a an gun. AR-15 or something. Oh, it was definitely a gun, <laughs> but I don't remember if it was a, I don't remember if it was an assault smashed. rifle or a, you know, or what, yeah. but there was, um, there was a guy in there, a, a patron, who had a concealed carry permit and was carrying his gun. Which in most places, not all places, but many places in the U.S., a shopping mall would be a gun-free zone, which is, for the record, the stupidest fucking thing anybody's ever come up with is gun-free zones, <laughs> just for the record. It's like, hey, criminals, hey, shooters, nobody in here has a gun. Come on in. It's the dumbest fucking policy ever. So anyway, this guy has just started, this, this mass shooter guy, this active shooter guy has just started like taking shots at people in like the food court of this mall. And um, this citizen with his pistol hides himself behind, you know, one of these big concrete columns that's holding up the roof of the mall. And, you know, he's just hiding. He's not like trying to actively engage with the guy or anything like that, but he does take out his pistol. Cause he's like, if this guy gets, you know, starts looking at me, I got to do I something, shoot him. you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but then the, uh, you know, the, the shooter is sort of, you know, scanning for targets and whatever and catches sight of this dude with his gun out. And that was it. He shot himself. Huh. Like the moment he saw that there was a potential of, of resistance, yeah, of resistance, because well, that's why that's why these people go to schools and movie theaters and shopping yeah, malls and is, churches because they know nobody. Of, that that guy was going to shoot him. I mean, he shot himself. So who cares what one shot him? 
Like, that's not logical. Uh, uh, <laughs> alert, Alice. These people are fucking crazy. That's why they're going to malls to shoot people. Just <laughs> to act, expecting them to act logically doesn't make any fucking sense. They're all sense. like, oh shit, that guy might shoot me. I'll just shoot myself. <laughs> I, yeah, it sounds fucking dumb, but, but this is, but that's the reason. That's the, that's the reason that these people go to these Target locations. These areas, is yeah. be, you know, an elementary school? Are you fucking I kidding know. me? Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, let me go Sick. shoot a bunch of fucking six-year-olds. It, you know, it's it's ridiculous, but, it's but that's sad. the thing. It's like, well, it, either I'm going to get shot by this guy and not die, or, you know, but for whatever reason, he just quit as soon as he saw the guy with the gun. And, of course, the guy with the gun didn't fucking fire a shot, but he was still traumatized as fuck. Yeah, you know? sure. well, I mean, seeing someone kill themselves is, you know, of pretty traumatizing, yeah. Not much fun at all, I tell you. I just think we should just give them all up and live in peace. <laughs> all right, you let me know and how I that works out for you on a global scale. Daisy chains and <laughs> <laughs> smoke a bit of pot and just live in peace. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, if I still had my gun, I would take a picture of it with a daisy sticking out of the muzzle. <laughs> What do they say? You can't stick a flower in an arsehole and call it a vase. <laughs> <laughs> what a work. It's just got to be peace and love. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing is when I when I found out that I was moving back to California, one of the first things I did was sell my pistol. Yeah. Because for one thing, it was technically uh-huh. illegal in California because I could, I, because I, well, all I really would have had to do is get rid of the extended magazines. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm but like, I I, I'm never going to be able to. Daisy chains. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need a gun anymore. <laughs> That's right. I was just coming out here to smoke weed and make yeah. daisy chains and pop LSD. That's all you do in California, isn't it? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, and surf and skateboard and do yoga and, uh, well, unless you're in Orange County, in which case you just get tons and tons of plastic surgery. Ah, yeah. And hang out with the most awful people you can think of. (laughs) Oh, that's where those housewives come from. That's what I was talking about. (laughs) That's what's called a callback, Alice. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I missed it. Damn it. (laughs) Oh, well. I'll get it next time. I'll All stand right. up next time and it won't go over my head quite so quickly. All right, I'll hold you to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Ah, well, yes, so that's very interesting, all the gun laws and shit yeah, like I that. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to talk about guns for so fucking long. You never know what's yeah. going to happen with us. Never know, never know. But the other fun thing that's happening in my life is I got picked to represent New Zealand. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I wanted I'm to talk to you about that. Yeah, and I'm representing New Zealand in powerlifting at uh, um, Asia and Oceania competition. So that's real, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, it is. It's quite freaky. It's not often you get to represent your country. Yeah, and and for people that don't know, describe what that competition is. Well, it's what they call a three-lift powerlifting competition. You do... um, Three main lifts um, that powerlifters do are the back squat where you load the bar on your back and you go down, you squat down to below parallel, your hips go below your knees. Right. And then you stand back up. Um, 
And then the next lift is called a bench press, which I think most people are familiar with the bench press. Yeah. Um, there's a few more regulations in competition. You have to listen to the ref calls it for you to start. You take it down to your chest, and then they will tell you when you can press it back up. Oh, fuck. So you have to oh. hold it there for a period of time. And um, the bench press, and then there's the deadlift, which is the lift from the floor to your hip. Right. And, um, so you're not yeah. doing clean and jerk or any of that kind no, of stuff? No, no. So the clean and jerk and those lifts are what they call Olympic lifting. Okay. And those and those are the ones you see at the Olympic Games, funnily enough. Oddly <laughs> enough. How, what do you might know be, about that? Might be where the name came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, talking about those, uh, talking about what the what's the squat one called? The back squat. Back squat. Uh, yeah. Just just imagining that makes my knees hurt. It just—I have bad knees anyway, and just—I mean, what kind of weights are we talking about? What kind of? Um, well, my personal best on a back squat is one fifty-five kgs. So that's uh, what, like, like three hundred and ten pounds or something. Jesus God! That's right, eh? Two pounds in a kg, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. Two point two—is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, two point two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's a bit more than that. Oh three my up God! Down. That's more than two of me. Yeah, I'm a skinny fuck, as you mean. Yeah, as you may yeah, know. you need to eat a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's about all of And you, but, but are each of these just one repetition? So yeah, they're each one repetition. You get three shots at each lift. So okay. you, um, generally, what you would aim to do is you'd. Your, your first lift um, would be your squat, and you get three shots at your squat. You go out. You generally do a lift that you know you can achieve because the your score, for want of a better word, is the total of um, your best squat, your best bench, and your best deadlift. In so weight? you have to in weight. Okay, yeah. So they add up and the weight. Okay. They add up the weights, but you have to have you have to get one lift in each category in order to complete. Mm. So you, you generally with your first lift, you go for a lift you know you're going to get um, at the top end of your range, and and you do one at that, and then your next one is one maybe that you've got previously in the gym or maybe you're close to getting and you go for that and if you get that then you can increase again and go for maybe one that you've not done before and so the idea and that's is, for each different discipline and that's for each different discipline okay yeah so you only lift once for each each route each shot but you do three lifts in each Okay. Each discipline. So Does it's it not like there's heats where, like, like in track and field, where if you're doing pole vault, you try and do 18 feet, and if you make it, then everybody that makes 18 feet keeps going. No, it's just no, no, you no. get three lifts at yeah. at each different discipline, and then they add up your weights, and whoever yeah. has the most wins. Basically, and there's obviously different weight classes and age groups as well. Okay, right. Um, because, like, obviously someone really little wouldn't want to be lifting against someone really big because... Um, yeah, you know, just like with fighting sense. sports and yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, but also there's a, um, a calculation that they do, which is, um, it's called the Wilkes system, W-I-L-K-S, and that is a um, calculation of body weight to... Uh, cage to weight lifted. Um, oh yeah, that makes sense. With a number, you know, I'm not sure how their formula works. I've tried to figure it out, but I can't 
quite figure that out. I can't. Do you know find if they do you know if they take your BMI into account or any of that, no, or is it no, just like no, your height and weight? Just, or no, it's just literally your weight. So eighty four kgs or you know one hundred and fifty million pounds, whatever it is. <laughs> right. I think that's about how many eighty four kgs is. <laughs> um, and they and there is a, they plug it into a formula and it comes out with a number. So oh, okay. they plug in your body weight and they plug in your weight lifted and it comes out with a number. So if two people um, lift the same amount of of weight, then that that um, Wilkes calculation will determine the winner of those. Right, two whoever, people. like whichever one of them is smaller, that yeah, means that they they win. worked harder to get the weight up or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, height is not a factor in it um, okay. um, for the categories, though. Um, you know, different heights. I think shorter people are at a bit of an advantage, to be fair, because you've got to move the weight a smaller distance. Well, especially for the, especially for the back squat, I would think. Mm, for the you know. deadlift too, because you don't have to pull it up quite. Oh too yeah, because you're closer no. to the ground, right? Yeah, you're closer <laughs> to the ground, yeah. And also for the bench, because your arms are shorter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the people that got real advantage are the ones with big tits, because because uh, it, it touches because it touches their chest sooner. So so why don't why don't powerlifters jo- go just get big giant boob jobs? Ah, oh, well, now, yeah, so there's a bit of – I was trying to figure that out. There is something – you're not allowed to wear a padded bra, but you, but but I think boob jobs are allowed. But, I mean, seriously, I'm struggling to raise enough money to get down to Christchurch. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be going and getting a boob job. It would be so funny, though, because you know how some of those boob jobs are just like the – they just look like missiles. Like they don't – gravity doesn't affect them whatsoever. So you just got some of these, like – Double D missile tits that just <laughs> be point straight up when you're laying on the bench press. You only have to bring the bar down like four inches and you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. but this is multi. Uh, what's it? What's it called again? Because it's, it's like it's that whole Oceania's and Asia. So it's all of Asia, and it's the Oceania. So, it, um, and now I'm not sure exactly what area Oceania encompasses, but I do know that Belarus is one of the countries. Oh that's wow! Involved. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> seems kind of out of out of the range that I would have expected. Yeah, but I'm guessing I would have been it's thinking more like ocean. Kuala Lumpur area and all of that. Yeah, so that's all of that because that's Asia, isn't right, it? Right. And I guess, um, well, all of Asia. So it's pretty much all of the world except for America. <laughs> except for America and Europe. <laughs> and Europe, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and Africa. Oh, and Africa, yeah. They're probably So not. do you know how many countries are represented in this? No, I'm not sure exactly to tell you the honest truth because it's all quite new to me and I'm sort of just feeling my way through it. Um I only I, I got the preliminary exception to the um team a, a wee while ago um, but yeah we just got the official letter of ex, um, acceptance and also you know ordering all our uniforms and working out how to get down there and doing a bit of fundraising at the moment so yeah I've sort of been quite focused on just training and getting down there and not really found out a lot about the competition <laughs> that's so exciting though that's so yeah, cool it's how exciting. many people on the New Zealand team um there's quite a few because it goes through each age category and each weight class as well. 
Uh-huh. So um, there would be, yeah, maybe between 50 and 100, I'd say. Wow, that's really yeah. cool. And it's and the competition's in Christchurch? Yeah, it is in Christchurch in New Zealand um, this year. And I know it's I know Belarus is um, involved in Oceania because that's where it's held next year. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I'll check in with you before I post this and, you know, get any – any like website or fundraiser information you have and stuff, and I'll post that yeah, when I post I the episode. Have, I don't have an official fundraising website. I just have. Um, I'm being selling. Well, people can just send money to me if yeah, they, they want. Yeah, they could just send money. Yeah, I promise you. I'll send it to Alice. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone would like to help fund my campaign to represent <laughs> New Zealand in powerlifting, then send some money to Kevin. And if he doesn't send it to me, I'll just come and beat him up. <laughs> and I don't well, have a gun anymore. Send, and I don't have a gun anymore. And so he doesn't you don't have, have to worry a gun, about it. so that's sweet. We can just make Daisy change. <laughs> and she's way stronger <laughs> than me. So. <laughs> Well, and I'll pass this on also to, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm pretty sure the press X guys will probably say something. I'm not going to, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if those, the fucking Aussie and Brit from probably final say anything, but I'll, I'll mention it to those guys too. <laughs> oh, any little bit helps. Even a couple of bucks here and there always helps. So yeah, um, it's, that would be awesome. And it's really awesome so far. I've had a lot of support and, you know, every person that puts a dollar and I feel just a little bit more accountable. So it drives me to go to the German. I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm and I'm not drinking. I haven't been drinking for four weeks. I've got oh, another five thing. or six weeks to go. <laughs> <laughs> so you can sponsor me and see how long I'm gonna last on this and deeper. <laughs> Does everybody do everybody donate a bottle of wine for after the competition? Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can either use it to celebrate or drown her sorrows, either way. Yeah, yeah no, we're going for going for the big ones, hopefully. Oh, so. I'm sure you're gonna do yeah. fantastic. I can't wait to hear about it yeah and, uh, well, also, and there didn't will be, you go ahead no there will be um live feed for it as well um on the internet so i guess people can watch i guess you could watch a live feed from anywhere huh mm, mm-hmm. mm, yeah 100 percent. Yeah, yeah so when you know the url of that send it along and we'll share yeah. it yeah okay cool layers that sounds awesome yeah very good and you um like i think it was right after the last time we talked it, it was when you did that stationary bike thing. Yeah. How like crazy this, was that? Yeah, like how crazy was that? <laughs> 12 hours, right? 12 hours on a stationary Fuck bike. that. I and I raised around $500, which was really awesome. But did you know you can get blisters on your bum? I do now. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not think it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. Well, I think oh, if you do anything for so 12 hours, friction will create a blister. <laughs> yeah, it was not comfortable, I can tell you. I was very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> when did the when did the blister show up? Well, like they, an hour uh, what? No, I don't know. I couldn't sit down for like maybe the last three hours. I'm sure that was wow. sore for like the last three hours. I mean, I did sit down, but it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then um, when I came home, I was so, so tired. Like just all of a sudden the fatigue just 
hat and I knew I had to get in the shower. I just took all my clothes off in the doorway and just like <laughs> got into the shower sort of thing, you know. Yeah. There was a pile of clothes in the front door. <laughs> <laughs> got into the shower and I had a shower thinking that would make me feel better. Right. And then um, – thought I can't actually my husband and kids were at a friend's place because they've been there for the afternoon and I thought you know what I don't think I can actually cook any food so I'm going to ring and get pizza delivered <laughs> and so like I rang, got the pizza delivered, and I lay down on the couch, and I couldn't move. <laughs> and, and the pizza delivery guy came, and I was like, holy shit, he's coming. And I was like getting up. It took me about five minutes to walk to the front door. Thank goodness he was he'd probably expecting an 80-year-old woman. I know. Thank goodness he dropped something, and he had to put it all back together before I, he came and knocked on the door. And I, I got my pizza, and I sat down, and I ate half a piece of pizza. And then um, my husband and kids got home, and I thought, you know, I'm going to take a painkiller. I think that's a good idea. So I took a paracetamol and um, and then thought, oh, actually, yes, no, I am getting a bit better. Right, I should be fine. I might have a beer. I drank half a bottle of beer and left the other half on the bench. That is, for anyone that knows me, knows that <laughs> I was not well. <laughs> and then the next day, I, I just... Put well, why did on. you why did you leave it? Did you leave it because you fell asleep, I just or couldn't, just, I just couldn't? I just, just couldn't pick couldn't. it up, or what? Just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like you physically could not just like couldn't. lift the it bottle. Just couldn't happen. Nothing. I just it all stopped. <laughs> I all stopped. And then the next day, oh, I was like, my bum's really sore, and I rubbed my hand down. I was like, Jesus Christ! It's like little indentations from my undies still there. <laughs> 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 and I thought, oh my god, that's terrible. And then I like had another on the other side. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that! And I was like, shit, they're blisters. <laughs> you might need a bigger lines, saddle next time. Lines of blisters where my undies were rubbing, and I had a great big blister on the other side. And man, like my butt was sore for weeks. I'm I sure. Bet. Oh man, when those <laughs> blisters finally popped, that had to be hell. I know. And the thing is, is they do pop because you sit on your bum. Of course. And there's like no way to stop that friction from happening yeah. right oh god that must have been awful so yeah but like, like i said to someone you know, and yes like, we are laughing at you yeah 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 <laughs> um, and when i um like i said to someone though you know living with a, a child who has got this this brittle bone disease and right. you know will need ongoing care for the rest of their lives and what i had a sore butt for a week yeah but, yeah you, absolutely you know, like, absolutely that's so <laughs> good to, to, easy to put it in perspective that yeah, way, right? Yeah, my butt healed, and they've still got, you know, an ongoing battle with life for the yeah. rest of his life, you know. So. Do you know how much the overall event raised? Yes, uh, we raised over 25000 in total. That's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, so, like, um, it was through a Give a Little page, and we did, you know, there was raffles and silent auctions and plus the sponsorship and the bike selling. And, yeah, so, yeah, overall we raised, I think it was just uh, just around the $25,000 mark. Um, well, I mean, that's New Zealand dollars, though. Yeah, New Zealand dollars, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of New Zealand dollars, mate. No, that's, that's a lot of, of money to anybody. <laughs>
<laughs> I'd take twenty five grand in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. So you know? would I. Sure I'm, I I'm do just something take two dollars New Zealand at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and so, do you also? I, this is something I've been meaning to ask you for a while because, um, I think it was. I don't. I think it was the first time. I think it was the first time I was on Press X with Luke and Hamish from. Uh, Palmerston North. Oh, are they from Palmerston? I thought yeah, they're, they're from they're Auckland. They're from Palmy. <laughs> they're going to shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might not like that. Um, but well, and the funny thing is, I I meant to, I didn't ask either you or Hamish, but he was in Hawks Bay recently because you guys had that. There was some recent uh, viticulture event in Hawks Bay. Oh, where there was a big. Big outdoor event, but it had like sort of a greenhouse looking thing. I saw, I saw something in the, in the, what is it, the Herald, the, the newspaper. Yeah, that's the newspaper. Um, yeah. and it was posted because he was, his, the company he works for was doing like the lights and sound for this event. Oh, and, right. and he was, <laughs> he was in a picture on the, you know, in the paper. So he posted it and I, I saw, when he posted it and I saw when the event was and I was like, holy shit, there is every possibility that Hamish and Alice are at the same event right now. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I wasn't. I haven't been to any events for a long time. But, yeah, no, there's always that possibility in New Zealand. It's quite, uh, yep, small. <laughs> Well, not only that, but it was Hawks Bay, and it's—I mean, yeah, yeah, no, two, of, exactly. two of the three people that I know from New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> were in the same town. Who don't live in the same town were in the same town. Yeah, but, yeah. But no. they, I think it was the first time I was on their show. I, I that we talked about, or it might have been when they were on my show, but I think it was when I was on their show. These we talked about these sort of ex. Uh, I'm I'm using my own vernacular here, but for lack of a better term, kind of like an extreme version of our Iron Man that you guys do in New Zealand, where it's like the swim and the bike, or maybe you guys oh, kayak, yeah. or didn't you do one of those? No, I haven't oh, done okay. one of those. Yeah, um, right. like a triathlon sort of thing. Yeah, but they're super, like all the way across the North Island or some shit. Oh, like they that. do it across the South Island. Um, yeah, coast to coast they call it. That's it, the and coast to yes, coast. Yes, there's kayaking. So you didn't do one of those? No, no, I didn't. Okay. I'd like to do it, but I'm getting older. I'm getting older now. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Trust me. <laughs> and um, and the old cardio is not so good at at the moment because I'm doing all this weight training. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that coast to coast is amazing. But I do have cousins that have done it, and they they re yeah, they really loved it. Um, That's crazy. Do you know what the overall mileage or anything is for a coast to coast? Oh, no, I've got no idea. But they okay. go right across the Southern Alps, so it's, it's just, pretty phenomenal. Oh, seriously, they go across yeah. the mountains too? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, they might go through some. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they. Oh, go there's through. a tunnel. They just don't tell anybody. No, yeah. <laughs> through some of the gorges, maybe. But to, um, for the fundraising thing that I did, you know, for the brittle bone disease. Yeah. Um, the guy that owns the gym that instigated that fundraiser is um, about to embark on a coast-to-coast -coast as such from the west coast of the North Island to the east coast to us, to Havelock North. Um, 
and him and two other runners are going to run it in three days and they're going via roads so it's not as um, scenic as the coast to coast for example but they're doing that to fundraise for the trust um, that we started with the 12-hour bike ride fundraiser. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's, um, I think it's the Hawera to Havelock run um, fundraiser. Three and how many How many people are doing it? Three of them. Three so of them, wow. They're, they're doing, so, that you know, one person will run for so many hours, the other person so many hours, the other person so many hours. Oh, okay, hours. so it's like they'll the 24-hour Le Mans kind of thing uh, where they're no, going to well, trade off. they'll sleep off. overnight. They, they won't go 24 hours, but then, yeah, they, so they've got so many, I think 100 k's a day to run. But they're the going to rotate. Are they all running at the same time or so are they each rotating? Person, no, they're not all running at the same time, but okay. each person has 100 k's, so it's like a relay. Well, if so you would let, if you would let me, if you would let me finish, I was saying it was like the 24 hour of Le Mans where that's what they do. It's a road race where they switch drivers every however many hours. That's all I was trying to say. Oh, yeah. I guess you just it's had to like interrupt that. me. Yeah, I do. It's pretty much the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said 24 hours. I was like, no, they're not. Well, yeah, but you didn't let me. It's like another two words, and you would have figured out what it was that I was saying. Sort of, except for you're talking about like a road race. <laughs> well, they're you running. know, car guys would understand the point that I was making. Oh, okay? Right. okay, so so that was for the car guys. This is for the listeners. You know, this isn't all about entertaining Alice and Wendy. This is also for oh. the people that might be listening. Down the road at some point. They they won't want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm, like, pretty oh sure, God, I'm pretty what's sure. I'm pretty sure. Now, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, episode one, which was the first time that you were on the show, pretty sure that remains our highest downloaded episode at this oh, point. Oh, very good. Oh well, yeah. hopefully heaps of people download this one as well. <laughs> yes, hopefully they will. <laughs> I know a few New Zealanders. I can. I know a few people I knew listened to. Not maybe the whole thing though. Um, they were like, my auntie said, "Oh yeah, I listened to part of it, and I thought it was really funny." And then I realised how long it was, and thought, "Bugger that!" Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and this is one of the things that, like, I mean, uh, Luke and Hamish tweeted earlier today that um, that. The episode of their show that I was on is their highest listened to episode. And right. it's actually two, and it's five fucking hours that we talked. Jesus and that, Christ. That shocks me because those guys are pretty funny and they've got some good episodes. So the fact that the one that I did, which I love long podcasts personally, I really yeah. like them. And but one of the points that they've made, and Wendy, wasn't it one of them that posted the thing? It was just a picture of a blank wall <laughs> with a you know, light switch. It's like, and they talked about on one of their episodes, people that don't understand how podcasts work and what they're all about think that they have to like sit down on the couch and listen. You know, yeah. and it's like, no, do it in when you're driving in your car, when you're folding laundry or when you're, you know, washing dishes or doing chores or whatever. That's when you listen to a podcast. Yeah. You don't sit like down and stare at the show. wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's, yeah, it's Internet radio. That's all I it don't is. have the technology to do that. Like I can't mm. get it on my phone because my phone's too old. Right. Um, and I would have to do it on my computer. And like if I'm in the car, that doesn't work. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. And I think that you'll find a lot of New Zealanders aren't. But whereas my auntie, she did have, uh, it must have been an American lady staying with her who listened to a podcast religiously and it was part of her evening routine. She'd come home, she'd put her podcast on, she'd cook her dinner, she'd da-da-da and do all yeah. of that. And, and, you know, so my auntie was listening to it on that sort of thing, but she still wasn't really going to listen for three hours. Yeah, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long time. I mean, when I listen to, you know, like Joe Rogan, uh, the comedian and, and TV personality does, and, you know, the UFC commentator, he has a really, really popular podcast and he loves the long form thing. And some of his, some of his are three, four hours long and often with famous people and this and that. And, you know, sometimes it'll take me with a long podcast like that. It might take me a couple of days to get through it, Yeah, you know, but yeah. the great thing about it is you can, it's, I think okay. one of the problems we have with people of like sort of our generation, a little bit older is they have this difficulty grasping the idea that once you start playing it, you can pause it. <laughs> and when you come and when you come back, it'll still be at the spot that you paused it at. You know, yes, it's like they I think it's radio. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's weird. It is weird to get used to to a certain extent, <laughs> especially if you're not super techie sort of person, you know. Yeah. Um, but and that's, that's personally I mean, that's why I, I love podcasts. Down. Yeah, that, that's where I fall down with the podcast thing is I'm just not techy enough to – and like I say, my phone's too old, so I can't download the app. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, my computer's like a 10-year-old laptop, and, yeah, that's just, you know, not my All right, well, maybe what we got to do is the next fundraiser will be to get Alice a fucking 21st century cell phone so she can <laughs> listen to podcasts. <laughs> You could probably send me your old one when you upgrade, and it will still be ten years <laughs> Oh, dear. We might even or, see. You know, Hamish might have something bouncing around in an old drawer in his kitchen that's newer than what you're using now. Yeah, probably. Next time he's in Hawks Bay, he can just drop it off. You're doing his function or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just fall on over. Right. If you see a creepy. <laughs> Wanna be sort of hipster dude with don't a gigantic with beard? <laughs> that's probably him bringing you a phone. So, so don't be shoot nice him. To him. That's what you're saying, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get my handgun out and shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, if you I'm did, he head... would he would scream like a like a baby lamb and and <laughs> run behind the nearest. <laughs> Just like that. Just I am sampling that. That's going to be my new Hamish sound effect. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to have to go and cook some dinner for my family. All right, sweet love. <laughs> hey, oh, this has been fantastic. Great chatting, and um, we'll do it again sometime. Keep in touch. Can't wait. Love you, sweetheart. Yeah, love to you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye.